dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sure he did. Touchdown to Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. Hello and welcome to the One Pridecast. I'm Tori Petri, your host for this official Lions podcast. It is Combine Week, people, and this week the podcast is coming to you straight from Indianapolis, Indiana at the NFL Scouting Combine. It is an exciting week during the end of February, beginning of March, where pretty much everybody in the NFL convenes on Indianapolis. So you get to see people around the league. It's a really fun week for those of us uh, who work in this aspect to get to see colleagues who work for other teams that we don't usually see. So it's fun in that aspect, but really we are here for the prospects, which we will talk a lot about today, but we're also here for press conferences. All the coaches and the GMs typically speak on Wednesday just before the combine gets going. So that means they spoke today and we got to hear from Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. Today on the podcast, you'll hear highlights from those press conferences, so you'll have to listen closely and be able to differentiate the voices of Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. It's not as easy to kind of label those and tell you who's talking on a podcast like we would on video, but you'll hear a mashup of the two of them talking. And then Mike O'Hara from DetroitLions.com will join me, and we will break down everything you heard from that, as well as preview a little bit about his mock draft and a little bit about what to expect from the prospects this week in Indianapolis. So let's get down to it. From the Senior Bowl to the Scouting Combine, all the way to the NFL Draft in Nashville, Tennessee, Tim Twentyman, Mike O'Hara, and Tori Petri will provide insight and analysis on how the team's offseason moves and preparation will culminate for the 2019 Detroit Lions Draft Class. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we take every pick, you know, seriously. And, you know, if there's a player that's worthy of the eighth overall pick and he happens to be a tight end, then I'm not against that. Um, so it's kind of a little bit early in the process to say, you know, who that player might, may or may not be. But um, I don't have any guidelines that I've ever developed over my years in scouting that say you can't take a player at this position at um, that number. Like, I don't think that way. Every, everything's an individual kind of basis, individual scenario each year, depending on where you're drafting and what your needs are. Tight ends are uh, definitely uh, part of the game right now that defensively is, it makes it real difficult you know, to uh, try to game plan against. The guys that can um, do multiple things are obviously more difficult or uh, those players that you know have a certain skill set that you have to defend against uh, one way or the other can kind of put you in some binds. So uh, we're going to do the best we can to try to you know, obviously uh, improve uh, that situation for us, whether it's through free agency or the draft. Um, we're you know, looking at those guys pretty hard and uh, you know, trying to make sure we get somebody in there that puts as much stress on the defense as possible. Going back to that, the global Thing I did read that what he said and you know all those conversations that I have with players during the offseason during the in season about like their their futures are private between me and that player but I'll, I'll say this Glover you know came in last year he wasn't in, in the offseason program came in in um, mini camp in June was in good shape came in had a good training camp you know I can I have nothing but good things to say about Glover in terms of what he brought on the field off the field um, I really you know had a really good conversation with Glover um, you know whatever it was ten days ago. Um, you know, Matt and I gave him a call and, you know, had a good conversation about a lot of things. And, um, you know, he'll, he'll land on his feet if he wants to play again. And I, he really, you know, for a veteran player, you know, he's been in the league a while. And when I came here three years, three years ago, three plus years ago, you know, he's one of the guys I leaned on. Like, you know, just I was new on the job. He'd been in the league a long time. And I have a great deal of respect for Glover and, um, you know, really feel like I have a friendship with him and a relationship with him. And that'll probably last forever. Carry on uh, was a great player for us last year and did, you know, made some huge strides to kind of, um, you know, 
take over the role of what he had, and we'll look for a big improvement, um, you know, coming this year. We'll see. It's always a big jump from year one to year two. You know, that's a it's a hard thing for players um, uh, coming out of their rookie season to try to, you know, it's it's not from a defensive perspective. You look at those guys, and you're not going to be surprised anymore. You know, I think for the first part of the season, I knew that we would kind of maybe surprise some people with carry on and and be able to get an advantage there a little bit. So uh, we tried to play to those strengths the best we could. But um, you know, once you get a full season or a season of film. Uh, on tape, uh, a lot of defensive coaches are gonna, you know, they're gonna dive into that pretty hard and try to take them away. So we're just gonna have to do the best we can to, uh, you know, try to do what we can with them to make them as productive as we did last year. And um, you know, we'll see. It's like I said, it's a big growth year from year one to year two. The middle rounds and kind of the the core of the draft has a lot of um, more depth than I'd say in the last year or two. So um, you know, those positions is the offensive line has good depth. Um, I think receiver core has good depth. Tight ends, obviously, a lot of those are, are underclassmen. I think there's probably what seven or eight underclassmen that are you know projected to go pretty high. Um, so yeah, there's some guys that there's some there's some positions that match up to need, but I think we're still you know we're in February here. I think the this is a big week to kind of see where everyone kind of ends up ranking, and then we get to the pro days and then our visits and stuff. So we have a lot of work to do, but um, I think you know some of the stuff matches up. You know, I would say there's some defensive players in there that are impact type of guys that uh, um, we'll see how they fall that they could help us. And then uh, I would say in the skill. Uh, Offensive skill position, whether it's receiver, tight end, however you want to look at it, there's definitely some dynamic playmakers out there. So uh, we'll continue to evaluate all those guys as we go through the process. The good thing about now and, you know, kicking off the combine is it's a great, you know, first look at us uh, to see them live. You know, we got a little bit of a chance during the Senior Bowl to see some of these guys. And then, um, you know, as we go through, what's interesting is, you know, it'll change all in a month. You know, everything kind of as you do your process and evaluate these guys and get a chance to talk to them a little bit more and, and dig deeper, um, it all kind of shifts, which is the fun part of it you know, from our standpoint. The Stadium Collection, located inside Gate A at Ford Field, is your one-stop shop for all your Detroit Lions merchandise needs. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. The Stadium Collection has something for every Lions fan in your life to show their pride. Joining me now on the One Pridecast is Mike O'Hara from DetroitLions.com. Mike, we heard from Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia earlier today. What stood out to you about those conversations? Well, all of it, actually, because everything they said I wanted to hear. And what I, my own personal thing is it's just amazing how upset the fans in Detroit are over the possibility that the Detroit Lions <laughs> might take a tight end at number eight. Someone listening to this is yelling at their car stereo hearing you say that. In fact, Mike Tirico was on a radio show in Detroit about a week or so ago, and he said he just can't believe how mad people are at the Lions for what somebody else said. <laughs> but that just goes with it. When I asked Bob, you know, Bob Quinn about it, I said that my question was, and I really, you ask a lot of questions where the answer is expected. You know, do you ever make a pick or not make a pick based on fan reaction? And he just kind of chuckled and he said, no. He says, look, I respect the fans, love their passion, all that stuff. But if I listen to it, you know, I'll, sure. I'll, I'll drive myself crazy. You know, there's an old line in sports, maybe Bill Parcells said it or somebody, but if you listen to the fans, you'll be sitting with the fans in the Fair seats. Fair enough. Fair enough. And from that standpoint, they clearly need a tight end. They can get one in free agency maybe, but this kid, T.J. Hawkinson from Iowa, is the real thing. Sure. Now, you never know what's going to happen when he starts playing against the big boys on Sunday, but like every other prospect, that'll be determined on the playing field. But to me, he looks worthy of being the number eight pick. Just the issue is... You can't not take him because Eric Ebron didn't work out. Right, or because, right. And Eric Ebron it sort of worked out. And it worked out for another team. And Brandon Pettigrew absolutely worked out. He averaged 65 catches a year for four years here in Detroit before he got hurt. So 
There's our T.J. Hawkinson for the day, and more to come on him. In fact, probably a minute-by-minute update. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be doing a lot of T.J. Hawkinson talking this week. So you could see that happening then. I could. I really can, absolutely. In the two mock drafts I've done, and we'll get into more of that later, I'm sure, He's somebody I considered for both of them, but 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 didn't. But that doesn't mean I won't by the time I get to the final mock draft, <laughs> the third or fourth or ninth week in April. Whatever. He's he's not your current selection, though. No, it's not. Am I allowed to say who it is? Tell us. Well, it's Cleveland Farrell, tight, a defensive end from Clemson, who I like almost everything about him except the, the one thing that I don't like is I don't think he has elite athleticism. He's a guy who can set the edge. He's going to get you 10, 12, 11 sacks, but he's not going to blind you coming off the edge with quickness. And, and I, I like that. You know, I, for example, Montez Sweat, kid who started his career at Michigan State, ended sure. up as a junior college transfer and went to the Mississippi State. He might have that. Rashawn Gary might have that, who I expect to be gone. Sure. And then there's a kid at LSU, and hate to get hung up on the overhyped, SEC, but a kid from LSU, a <laughs> linebacker, Devin White, who I think if you put him with, with Jared Davis, you'd have a wall-to-wall skin from si- from sideline to sideline that would be hard to get through. Well, you mentioned LSU. A lot of people have their eyes on the cornerback, Greedy. What do you think of him? I hear good and bad. When I hear anything bad about a quarterback high in the first round, I say no. All you right. Know, he sort of took plays off, uh, non-combatant in the, in the run game. I, I don't care for that. Because if you if you if you if you don't want to tackle, what else don't you want to do? Yeah, that's been definitely a knock against him is lack of tackling ability. And if you have a liability, uh, where you basically have ten guys going to the football instead of eleven on defense, that's a problem. Yeah, in a National Football League, it's like any other sport, but especially since it's such a physical game, if they find a weak link, they're sure. going to exploit that weak link until until either they get change it or it gets better. And I want to see that coming in. Well, something that was talked about in these press conferences today was about the possibility of adding an elite pass rusher. It's something you've talked about, about how they had a pass rush, but not an elite pass rusher. But what if they added an elite pass rusher to the mix? What would that do? Just like sort of what I'm talking about in my reservations about Cleveland Farrell. It's, you know, Tori, there's something like you look at the old films of NFL films of pass rushers. And even now, you see the guy, nothing's changed in that regard from, you know, the 1950s, you know, with the snowy days and the guys rolling around in the mud, you know, those, those until now we're on these carpets. <laughs> Quarterback getting hit in the back, ball flying up in the air, you know, getting blindsided. That's what causes turnovers. The Lions had 43 sacks, which is terrific. I mean, terrific. Tied for 11th in the league with, it was the uh, Texans, the Seahawks, and uh, one other team. The Ravens, I'm sorry, all made the playoffs except the Lions. All three other teams had had take, takeaways. The Lions had 14. That's what changes games. Quarterback doesn't, you know, gets hit in the back, doesn't see it coming, lets the ball go. It's just a human right. reaction. They need to add that. And there's some guys in this draft going to be taken ahead of the Lions who can do it. To me, the trick is to find the ones from pick eight on that can do it for the Detroit Lions. That, that's That's something that Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn have to find. Yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about their current roster and, and guys who they have on their roster right now. We talked about Carrion Johnson. He talked about Tease Tabor, about Tracy Walker, about parting ways with Glover Quinn. Uh, what stuck out to you about that part of the conversation about guys who they have playing for them right now? Well, one other one, too, and that's and that's Ziggy Ants. And the issue with Ziggy Ants is purely health. Yep. When he's on the field, he's heck on wheels. He really is. 
you know, he had four sacks last year and did it in 176 snaps. Forever is one sack every 39 snaps, which really is one a game. Romeo Okwara led the team with seven and a half sacks, one every 95 snaps. And taking nothing away from Okwara, okay, but sure. Ziggy can he can get to the quarterback. He's and he's got power and all that. If somehow they could get him back healthy, and we'll see, he would really add something to him. But it's like Bob Quinn said, he had a severe injury. It's different. You have to see where he is. Well, I think he's worth waiting for, even if it's even if you only have him for a half a season. To me, you know, that's like it's like adding a guy at the trade deadline and you have him the rest of the year. Okay, so you had him with somebody else for for seven games. You have him with you for eight or nine. Okay, that's good. That that'd be fine with me. Uh, the other stuff that, that that Matt Patricia talked about is players who can win one on ones. Like we're talking about the pass rushers with the quick step, talking about defensive backs who cover one on one, wide receivers who can beat one on one coverage. When you have those type of players on, on your team in any sport, but especially in pro football, and maybe point guard in basketball, stuff like wingman in basketball, then you have a guy who can win uh, with skill, he just uh, doesn't need to have the system to win. He can do it there, but he can also win on individual skill. Changes everything. Well, you talked about uh, Tracy Walker and Carrion Johnson and the fact that this is their second year. And the first right. year, you can kind of surprise people a little bit because people haven't been able to scout them that much in the league. Uh, but he mentioned Tracy Walker in relation to Glover Quinn, uh, parting ways with Glover Quinn. But Bob Quinn had a lot of very nice things to say about Glover Quinn, which is is very understandable considering his contributions to the organization. Well, absolutely. And I think it was probably time on both sides, really, the time to go. I think Glover had a nice year not his standards you know of the of the six years or five years he was i'm sorry six years he was in detroit i think it was year number six in terms of how good he was he was really really good there for three or four years i think you could see a little bit of getting older maybe just didn't fit the system but like uh, like they said he'll probably land on his feet if he wants to play with another team and i wouldn't be surprised if he does it's hard to walk away from the game it's hard to walk sure. away from the money the crowd the whole thing there's a lot you know you, you find out that you've been gripping a ball for 15 years, the ball's gripping you. That's got a <laughs> exactly, grip on you. you know. Exactly. Uh, Tracy Walker, haven't seen enough, but what they've seen, they liked. The one thing I liked about him, this was early in the season, that remember the game in San Francisco where he had the interception, got called back because yep. of a holding penalty? Now here's a kid in his second pro game. He's got the guts, the nerve, the guile, the whatever, to break on the ball and, mm -hmm. and take a shot at the interception. And most guys in that position will just lay back and make the a safe sa play and, and tackle them. And okay, I couldn't quite get there first down. We'll start using our timeouts. No, no, he he made the professional play. You know, I've always said that they're out of, always asked that there should be some way of defining winning plays in statistics. That's what I would call a winning play. Sure. Well, we are at the Combine when we're having this conversation, so the conversation will turn to draft prospects for sure here this week. Um, we've talked about it a little bit already today, but what are you looking forward to most about Combine Week here in Indianapolis? I want to know how tall Kyler Murray is, <laughs> but I also don't care, but I want to know. And how okay? much he weighs? How much he weighs, his hand size. You know, Dan Orlowski, who does a you know video for us on, on DetroitLions.com, I think he's... I've heard him say that the ball just looks so big in his hands. You know, it looks bigger than his head. He's, he, he looks small, <laughs> but he loves the kid. You know, he says, look, yeah. he, thinks, he thinks he's a player. He just looks, he is, Terry, what's the difference if he's 5'10 or 5'9 and 7'8? He's, he's too small either way. Yeah. You take him because you take him, he's too small. Okay. 
five you take nine him and because a half. of the results that right, you've exactly, seen him play with. Exactly. So, but I want to know, just just like two years ago with Mitchell Trubisky, his hand size is it nine inches? I guess it was. I don't know. Maybe he was <laughs> cracking his knuckles and got an extra eighth of an inch. But stuff like that. I want to see some of the guys run. You know, see how the, how they run. Like Farrell, I want to see how he does in the. You know, the agility drills, the 40-yard dash, and so on. And uh, besides that, just take it as it comes, really. That's all. Just take it as it comes. Yeah, it's a fun week. It's really busy. You see so many people around the NFL. I feel like you know everybody. We're we're sitting at our little table in the media room, and every five seconds, somebody's stopping to say hello to Mike O'Hara. Yeah, and you know what? I I forget who they are. Well, there are plenty of them to say hello to during Combine Week because it is so busy. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you start reflecting back on things. And I'll just give you an old story that the, we're going to – Tim and I are going to probably do something on later. But you remember Rick Gosling of the Dallas Morning News? Uh-huh. One of the first Combines I came to – well, not one of the first, but, you know, in the first 10 or so. He says, let's go over there and talk to that, that quarterback from Eastern Illinois. I go, who the H is that? <laughs> His name's Tony Romo. Nobody knows who he is. It was Tony <laughs> Romo. So me, Goose, and, and Tony Romo sit there and talking. And I don't remember anything about it except that. But next thing you know, he's a guy who wow. gets an exemption to a PGA Tour event, and he's on TV. All right. And he played a little quarterback for the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. A little bit. Yeah, did okay. Kid did okay. Made $127 million in cash in the National Football League. I looked that up just the other day. Yeah, they paid him that for having to talk to you for so long. Well, you know, he probably would have paid it to get away from us. <laughs> but just little things like that. You remember, you know, that those are the kind of things, are the fun things. Really. Right, right. Uh, yeah. You know, Mante Teo telling his story. He was kind of nervous. Remember, I asked him that. I said, you know, just could you please just tell us what you're going to tell. You have to go through the whole thing. Just tell us what you're going to tell the teams. Sure. And I, I said, Take your time. Took a deep breath, and he was great. You know, no, I'm not saying I did it. That, that, that's on him, not on me. But he just he told his story. Tyron Matthew about his drug abuse or marijuana use. I'm not so sure it's a drug, but but his marijuana use. And he was fine. He just went right through it. You know, word by you know, step by step. Stuff like that. Guys who have a story to tell, and they'll tell it. I give him full credit. Yeah, definitely. Well, it'll certainly be interesting to see once these guys start getting out on, onto the field and seeing what could end up happening with the with who the Lions pick at number eight. Do you think that they stay at eight? Do you think that there's a possibility that they move up or down? Well, there's nothing that will endure them to the fans anymore for a few minutes anyway. Then if the commissioner announces, we have a trade. <laughs> because there's something about trading down that just thrills the fans. <laughs> To me, I want to see the pick. I don't care who it is, and I'm really reluctant to trade down for like number eight unless it's like three spots or two spots. But they really are in a, they're in a really good position to do that based on teams that might want quarterbacks and then just the sheer numbers. When you're at 20 or 21, you've got 11 chances to trade down in the first round. At eight, you've got 24. Now, correct me if I'm right or wrong, but 24 is more than 10 and 11, right? I think you're right. So, But they really do. Plus, the other part of it is they have a higher second-round pick than they usually have starting out. And so there's sort of this buyer's remorse in, in reverse that teams aren't quite sure what they, they want to move up in the first round or they want to, you know, so you've got a higher pick in yourself. They, they might want to move down. So you've got a higher, you're starting out at a higher level in the second round. You might get up to 31, 29, or 32, like, you know, like the Ravens did last year and got their quarterback of the future. So to me, it's, it's, I think it's a really good spot to be in. There's no such thing as perfect. 
including first overall because look what you had to go through to get it. But but I think it's a good spot to be in. Yeah, well, Kyler Murray entering the draft definitely makes things more interesting for the Lions because not not that that's someone that they're particularly interested in So you're drafting. not buying that he might take a quarterback? I am not buying that scenario at all. I'm selling. <laughs> yeah, you I'm, are. I'm, I'm, I'm not even loaning. I'm getting rid of it. <laughs> I'll, sell, I'll, I'll sell it on pennies on the dollar. No, I'm not buying it. I think no. he, he's just he's just saying what he has to to right. say everything's open to them at pick number eight. He's not going to close anything down. I mean, would you take a kicker? He's any position, would you take a kicker? Yeah, okay. He's going to say. Of course. Yes. He's going to say what you, you know. He doesn't even have to. He doesn't even have to write it down. It's memorized. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not buying it that that's what's happening. But it does make things interesting because there could be a team ahead of them that wants to draft right? Kyler Murray, and then it leaves some defensive players for the Lions to have an opportunity at, or with the trade scenario that right. could end up coming into play at eight. Also, you know, and look, here's here's one too. Regardless of what they say, but Cliff Kingsbury in in in, in Arizona might want to draft Kyler Murray and trade uh, Rosen. You know, Josh Rosen, yeah. the guy that they drafted last year, I think 10th or 11th or whatever it was. And then, look, that would, to me, that would make perfect sense to, to, to do that, trade down to seven or something like that and get a, that and an extra second round pick to trade him to the Jaguars or the Giants or whatever. Because you've got a guy in the league who's a pocket passer, uh, he's got a year of, you know, got a year of training in the National Football League. I mean, you're starting at a pretty good level if you're if you're a team that needs a quarterback and a guy you're going to have for at least four more years. Who, in your mind, is the best prospect in this year's draft? The best prospect, boy, that's a good one. You know, it might be Quinnen Williams, the defensive lineman of Alabama. I mean, you know, I'm going to try and do an interview with Jonah Williams, offensive lineman from Alabama, and just ask him. Just practicing, and you feel like you're ready for the National Football League. <laughs> Look at the guys they've gone against, you know. Yeah. And Deshaun, uh, uh, Deshaun Hand from Detroit, Ashawn Robinson. Yeah. All of the linebackers at every level, they've got a guy who's gone on to be a starter, not just a player, but a starter in the in the National Football League. So that's kind of a, one of the things I'm kind of interested in. Also, if you're out there in Michigan, people listen to this, a kid from Ferris State, Devon Johnson. I'm not sure how he pronounces it. It's either Devon or Devon uh, Johnson. Ferris State, they were 15-1 and or 16-1 and last year, lost in a Division II championship. He's not the biggest name. No, he's not the biggest school, but he might be the biggest tackle. He's 6'7". Wow. Yeah, and really, from everything I hear, a pretty good prospect. So there's a whole cross-section, uh, a whole you know, a whole gamut of things that interest me. We'll yeah. find out if they interest our readers and our <laughs> listeners. Well, there was a little bit of an interesting piece of news regarding Quinn and Williams that came out today that he has a finger injury and he won't be doing the bench press tomorrow. And the injury is supposed to require surgery. So that's really just hot off the presses as we're recording this podcast today. But what do you make of that? Does that drop him in the draft if he has that kind of injury? If he's the best prospect in the draft, what does that mean? Well, it depends on where. I, I don't see him going past like the Jets at three. I really don't. But I don't think a finger injury. It's not a knee. It's not a hip. It's not a you know. It's not a, a core muscle injury. Right. The one the person I'm interested in that is Nick Bosa. Are you really going to take the guy first overall who's had a you know core abdominal whatever it is injury? You know, took took off the rest of the season at Ohio State. His brother, you know, had a history of injuries too. Mm-hmm. I just. When you're investing that pick, that much money, and that much that that resource, the first pick overall, to me the guy's got to be pretty clean. So you're advising the Cardinals to go with Murray over 
Bosa. Well, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I'm not advising them that, but, <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they took Quinn and Williams either. Sure. Wouldn't surprise me. It's, it's there's something about having a guy who's clean, clean physically. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's plenty to pay attention to this week, and I think we've uh, given a little bit of a preview of that. So thank you, Mike, for well, joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. I can't wait to come back on someday. Of course. Well, we always love having you on, and I'm sure that that time will come sooner rather than later. Well, matter of fact, when you asked me, the first thing I said is, who canceled? <laughs> yeah, that's always his response. <laughs> well, we will be back with you guys uh, for more with the podcast next week. But if you are uh, following our combine coverage here, Mike and I, as well as Tim 21, will be doing a show from the combine in the evening starting on thursday evening uh where we will break down the news uh, from the day and of the combine so you can hear plenty more from mike we're going to get him on and have him talk about his mock draft you're going to mock me on my draft going to mock you for sure that's what mock drafts are for you know, I'm, I can dish it out. I can't take it. I know. I think your words were that you'd prefer that we'd rock you about your mock draft. Rock me about my mock, yeah. Well, we'll let the viewers decide how they feel. You've already spoiled what your pick was for the Lions, so they'll get to find out. I forgot, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it'll change many times between now and April. Well, at least once. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to the One Pridecast. Make sure you follow all of our com- combine coverage on DetroitLions.com. We'll see you next week.